Welcome back to Newcastle Muse Talk. I guess this episode is Marcus Wright. Uh, he's the brains behind Big Apache Promotions. He's a licensee at the Wicko Park Hotel as well, where we recorded this episode a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's been involved in music locally for a number of years in a range of capacities, as we've discussed. Uh, long been a champion of local talent. He's thrown me some work behind the sound desk at the Wicker there as well, which is always handy. Uh, but he's been involved in the music scene locally um, and in the local music task force that spoke to the parliamentary inquiry recently about safeguarding existing local music venues against noise complaints from residents moving into new developments. And we'll touch lightly on that as well in the conversation, as well as changes that he's seen in the local uh, scene um, in, in his many years of development, uh, his pick of the local bands that he's seen and, and a lot of uh, a lot of really cool stories. So don't forget to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Newcastle Muse Talk. You can keep up to date with when we've got new episodes live and who our upcoming guests are. Um, we're online at newcastlemuseotalk.home.blog and you can stream all the episodes that we've done there. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes and the Apple Podcast app. Next week we'll be back with Ian Lobb and Emma Hitchens from Lasso Gowrie Hotel. Um, that should drop next Wednesday morning, hopefully string three consecutive weeks together. But in the meantime, here's our chat with Marcus. Hope you enjoy it. Cheers. Generally, just start with a bit of a general background. You're locally born, Maitland, Newcastle. Where was your yes, background? Yes, I'm uh, proudly born in Newcastle. Yep. Uh, born at the Mater Hospital in 1971, actually. Yeah, yeah. And nice. uh, yeah, born in Newcastle. Lived here for 10 years. Yep. I did primary school here and um, actually started off at Cardiff High School and then uh, moved, our family moved up to the Gold Coast. Yep. And we lived in Surface Paradise. They got into high rise management. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was a keen surfer back in the day. Yep. And I had hair. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I've been there, man. I know yeah. the sting. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then came back to Newcastle at 20. Yep. Um, when I come back to Newcastle, I met a, uh, a man called Grant Pillen, who was currently, at the time, managing the Palais Royal. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, we become mates. We shared a house together. We started surfing together, and mm -hmm. uh, he bought me my first bass guitar. So, um, yeah, nice. I'd sort of hang out at the Palais and yep. watch bands like Midnight Oil, Noise yeah, yeah. Works, Jimmy Barnes. Screaming Jets, Baby Animals, and just basically blew yeah, me yeah. away and I got addicted to music. Was that really. sort of your first taste of music outside of your parents' collection? It was, but collection. Except, for, except for once on the Gold Coast, I went when I was 14, I actually shaved my head for a Midnight Oil. I used yep. to really like Midnight <laughs> Oil and Spy vs. Spy yeah, yeah. and Early In Excess, I guess, too. And Talking Heads were what we used to listen to yeah, yeah. surfing. So I um, yeah, I shaved my head and I think it was like, yeah, I was 14 and it was like the Red Sails and the Sunset concert yeah, yeah. and it was under the Big Top Tent. Yeah, cool. Head on up at the spit up near SeaWorld. Yep. And I just remember seeing that and it just blew me away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then didn't really get into music until I came back here, to be honest. Yeah. From 21 on, just... So that sort of new wave punk, I guess it's described, grunge, was yeah. sort of... The grunge I was that, into. Big yeah, time, yeah, you know, cool. Nirvana was my favourite band. And, yep. You know, my first band was called The Sick Men and we, <laughs> like, we had 13 Nirvana songs, one original and Digging Your Grave by Faith No More. Yeah, yeah. Can't go wrong with that, man. <laughs> did you get involved in doing promoting of shows back then? Were you, when did you sort of get your first dip your toes into organising um, gigs, putting that yeah, together? I started playing. I was a bass player for, for six years. Yep. 
um, in three original bands, The Sick Men, and then I went into a band called Pivot. Yep. And we got signed. I always wanted to get signed by Oracle Records, which was Grinspoon's record yeah, label yeah. at the time up in Brisbane. So yep. um, we recorded an EP with Matt Howardy and, and yep. Simo at yep. the uh, Music Production Factory. Yeah, cool. And we sent it off and we actually got picked up and got signed for the EP. And um, that was really good. Did some touring with uh, Brad Fall and Chad Rogers. That was really good, actually. Good yep. time. And had the, uh, the music studio going, playing in the band. So yeah, early yeah. 20s. Yep. Times were great. Newcastle <laughs> was roaring, I yeah, can yeah. tell you. Um, and Who were the I big called, names of the bands locally that you remember from, from that time frame? Plant, yep. Hound. There was a rock and roll band called Hound. Like yep. just still one of the best rock and roll bands I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah. You know, Faceplant were just amazing. They were yep. like a... A grunge rock band. And what venues are sort of the, the scene at that stage? The where Cambridge you, Hotel yep. was very strong. The Hunter on Hunter, which yeah. is now... Nearly everyone I've had honours mentioned the Hunter on Hunter. It was, yeah, it was, I went to a ton of gigs there yeah. and just that dingy oh. atmosphere where anybody could get up and, and make a racket. Shows like, honestly, and then when I, that's where I actually started uh, promoting some shows. My first ever show as a promoter was the Star Hotel in yep. 1994 yep. on Christmas Eve. And unfortunately, we burnt the, the hotel nearly to the ground. <laughs> My, my friend Mac, drummer Mac from Newcastle, he, yeah. um, he did a fire breathing trick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Went out of the place down, so <laughs> that was interesting. And that was a bit of a scare. I didn't know if it was a sign, but I continued yeah. on. So um, it started as just a more necessity to book shows for your bands yeah, and then like learn those skills band. and then take yeah, them yeah, and play them bands. My first band I ever managed was a band called Plutonium Biscuits. Yep. Matty Stokes' band and Robbie Carter and uh, Julian Dudman. Yep. And uh, it was an amazing band. And... Um, from that started organising, they actually, the family hotel I must mention too, yeah, which yeah. is still here today, that was an amazing live yep. music venue across the road from the Palais, seeing bands like the Terraplanes, the Slots, um, Syrupus, you know, those sort of bands that were playing there, uh, a band called Natural Mystics, yep. they were really strong back in the day, and yeah, just, yeah. yeah, those bands were great, I'd just go there and just watch them and drink beer and have a great time. Yeah, what, what, girls around. at what point did it become sort of the way that you pr- gave yourself a financial um, Backing yeah, in, it was in uh, so 1992. Yep, you know, uh, was when it really started for me. 93, and then I started my own business in 94, which yeah, is yeah. Apache Rain Promotions. Yep, it got very serious then, yep. and, and that was when yeah. Was I, that transition? Was it a leap of faith sort of moment? Yes, uh, a big leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was an interesting concept from going from a set money from working for someone to yep. you could earn 50, 100, 300 bucks to yep. you might lose 500 for this week. Yeah. So yeah. You Did you have a set idea of a sort of size you wanted to grow it to or a particular ambition when you started or it was no, just to I, make it a, make a, a go musician, of it? As a musician, I just wanted to be signed and release an EP, yep. which we did in Pivot. Um, yep. With Shanked, I had a, that's where all the fun was at. <laughs> uh, a lot of touring, a lot of fun. Yep. Um, but uh, when I changed over into actually becoming, you know, a business person in the music industry, it became yep. a lot more serious. And I, to, I actually had to make the decision to give up the band yeah, yeah. to follow my dreams. Yep. You don't play anymore at all, really? No, no. no. I did a reunion gig a few years ago with um, a band called Sprung Monkey, like Shane, yeah, yep. my band played. Yep. There's talk of it now. I'm obviously here at the Wickham Park Hotel now, and my business partner, Grant, is the lead singer out of the sick man yep and shanked so he's the guy who got me into music yeah, so yeah. now it's funny he's back here with me comes full we circle might do one show here maybe yep <laughs> i'm not sure but um, i prefer goes. just to organize and sort of i like being behind stage and yeah yeah ready and organized how busy does that keep you now do you have time off family time off or um, you're pretty much flat chat yeah yeah <laughs> i have um got married last year yep after 15 years <laughs> with my lovely lady I took the leap Lord. this April. <laughs> yes. And we have, um, my son is 12. Yep. And my stepson's 19. Yeah, yeah. And his father's um, Justin Street, who was 
a drummer in hound, actually, a yep. band I used to manage back in the day. So yeah, we yeah. get on really good and we're a pretty close family. Yeah, and you've got a nice balance of being able to take time off and do that family stuff yes. and, and not be... I don't get enough here. of that, but... Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, do, I do make sure... Yeah. You know, business is one thing, but family is very important. Yeah, yeah. Who's the best band that you've seen all time and who's the best band you've seen play here at the Wicker? Um, good questions. <laughs> the best band would be Nirvana. Yep. At the Horden Pavilion. I think it was 93 or 94. They come out for the big day out with, yeah, yeah. with uh, Violent Fams. It was the first year of the big day out. Yep. And I've just never seen a concert that intense yeah, with, yeah. A, with a mosh pit that went from the from when you walked in. All the way to the front. Just the whole, yeah. whole, the whole <laughs> floor, venue was a mosh pit. And yeah, yeah. Bain and just that music. Yeah. Some don't like grunge because it's, you know, two or three chords, but I loved it. Love that just, stuff, yeah. yeah. Just blew me away. That was definitely by far the best. I've, been, I've worked with a lot of bands and I've been to a lots of concerts, thousands and thousands of concerts, but um, just Nirvana was the, the best. Um, for the Cambridge Hotel, where I work too, and book, book acts there for the guys, um, I would suggest, it's a bit of a mix, but it'd be a cross between Radio Birdman yep. and The Cat Empire. Yeah, yeah. Even though that's a very <laughs> strange mix, but just both those shows were very powerful and strong. And I mean, I remember the first big one of the Cat Empire. It was just, it was really hot. There was no air conditioning, but the, the band just really nailed it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, working with Radio Birdman many years ago, there we've had shows there that just yeah blew me away. How much of as a booker do you sort of follow your personal taste to dictate what you're going to book, or are you, you sort of quite open to book whatever you think will bring people in? I am, but I do. We do follow our, you know, at Big Apache, Andrew. Mc Kelly, my business partner, and I, we do follow our gut instincts yep. a lot. Sometimes it doesn't pan out, um, but we do. I try to stick a bit of what I'm interested in. However, if I'm working for a, a venue or a festival or an event, I will book what they require yeah. to suit them. Is, is, a, is what makes a great band here on stage different to what makes a great band that you can sell? Yes, definitely. To somebody? 100%. What, yeah, yeah. What's, what's some of those... Is um, just, just those key factors, X factor things? And individuals, you know, yeah, different yeah. people. Some people are very hard to work with. Some people are very easy to work with. Yep. Some people make it very hard to work with. Some people make it easy to work with. So, yeah. Um, I manage a guy called Pat Capocci. Yep. I currently manage Pat Capocci, uh, Fox Control, which mm -hmm. is Hugh Jones. Yep. Um, and then Jolene are our three acts we manage, and yeah, they yeah. represent a lot of bands. So. Yep. With our obvious bias towards those bands, who are sort of your top picks of bands, apart from those bands already that you mentioned, playing locally now, who are the, the sort of picks, um, picks of the scene? Well, Monsters of Rock are really great in the rock. Rock yep. and roll sort of genre. Yep. I'm, I'm quite honoured to work with you know Grant Wormsley from the Screaming Jets and Di Pritchard, Rose Tattoo, Lee guitarist. Yep. You know what I mean? Those sort of guys. Justin Ricky would probably be one of the best, strongest musicians that I've worked yep. with. And Paul Coxon. Yep. Those two guys just you know amazing yeah. to work with. And I remember seeing the Black of Sabbath tribute show. Yeah, it was really killer. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. amazing. And, and just have that respect with those musicians and it's good. It's a two-way street. I yeah. respect them, they respect me and, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. What are the strengths of the scene as you see it at the moment? It seems that we're going through a... I had, had a comment from John Fox on one of the earlier episodes. He sort of said back in the time of the earthquake, it sort of drew everyone out of the city and it seems like we've had all this construction in town. It's almost a man-made man earthquake that's pushed everything back out again to places like the Wicko Park, the Stag and Hunter. How do you see that? that changing face of the the city against the scene now? Is there still... Yeah, so the scene was a lot stronger back in the day, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Um, in saying that, uh, the scene's, I think, reviving and, and, and rebirthing itself. The Newcastle yeah. music scene right now is quite strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of great uh, artists performing, soloists, duos, DJs. You know, we've got a really healthy scene. Yep. Uh, being a promoter and touring bands around the country, you often get to see lots of different 
pockets of music or talent, and I've always believed in Newcastle. Yeah. And um, I think it's strong and it's going really well. Yeah. Um, I'm very proud of the guys at the Cambridge Hotel because a lot of people I've worked with, I've worked at the Cambridge Hotel since I was well since 1994. Yep. And I've worked with probably eight different owners. And the current owners are very, very good, and they've, they've done what they said they were going to do. They put the money on the table. They've made that venue a very, you know, yep. a, a, it's an Australian, probably one of the best venues in Australia to see a live band, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, so I think the scene's booming. There's lots of different little things. There's lots of uh, restaurants and smaller venues popping up, which I like. Yep. I just think the more, the better, and I think the stronger yeah, yeah. the scene is and the more places people have to play, the better the scene is. Do you think rock and roll has sort of done itself a misfavour over time by tying itself so strongly to pubs where it sort of if they can't make it go in pubs there's no real effort to do that DIY sort of thing like you hear about the states they'd go to the community halls and you know just do those DIY shows do you think there's too much of a reliance at a the pub yeah I agree um, pub rock or you know, rock and roll's just got to be in a pub yeah it is a bit of a probably holds it back a little bit because I think rock and roll can be put on anywhere and, yeah um, I had a record label called Rain Records Andrew and I set up oh, in 2000. Yep. Yeah, 2000. Yeah, I had the and, Cigars uh, for the Man album yeah, on Run Records. I mean, yeah, one of the best it's a cracker. Yeah. It's I saw amazing. him at the show there at the Lucky, the Lucky Country upstairs. Yes. It's yes. a cracker. You've got a great memory. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're just a great band again, working with those guys, Justin from the Porkers, Simo, and yep. just amazing. I remember that night because I remember Simo going, Fredo's a real important show tonight and whatever, and then he takes me upstairs to Rip Cones and he's <laughs> I'm like, you're doing the proper preps here, Simo. It's <laughs> you're taking it professionally. Well, I don't know anything about <laughs> no, that. No, no. But... <laughs> Bleep that out when yeah. those people's names out. But yeah, 100% right there. And you know, that's another space uh, upstairs at the Lucky Country Hotel. That was amazing. Some of the yeah. heavier gigs that went on there. We did a lot at the Newcastle Leagues Club as well. Yep. Up in that room. So yep. as for Big Apache, we like to move it around a lot. And, um, you know, we obviously got our rooms we represent yeah, yeah. and focus on. But then yep. we um, also like to put shows on in other places. Yeah, yeah. What, what sort of venues do you think are doing a good job around town of? I guess bringing music and, and I think the pub the business. Hotel, I think the Wickham Park Hotel, the Stag and Hunter Hotel, yep. the Lassagary Gary. Hotel. The Stag seems to be really on a, a, a real a, launch yeah. at the moment. I'm going to have a chat to Mick. My, Mick? Yeah. yeah, Mick Starkey. Yep. He's a really good guy. He's a friend of mine. Yep. Um, and we work together on yep. different projects. I run the Passport to Early, um, a band yeah, competition yeah. out of the Stag and Hunter Hotel. Yep. And yeah, I remember my band played, the, played one of the heats here one time yes, against yes. Uh, Halfway Homeboy. That yes. would kill a Halfway yeah. Homeboy. They're a great band. Great band. Yeah. Great guys too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, I leave it there because it's not just about, you know, me being at the Wickham Park Hotel. I like to still be Marcus from Big Apache. Yeah, a yeah. different person to Marcus. So they are different roles, really. Yes. In, in Big Apache's not tied exclusively to... No. The Wickham Park? No, it's not. No, cool. But we do book the Wickham Park. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why I'm here is I worked here for 10 years as a booking agent and the owner was going to sell or lease the hotel. It's the reason I decided to take on the, the big job that it is. Yeah, yeah. And so you're the owner of the pub, yeah, is so it? we own the hotel. Yeah, yeah. We own the lease. So, yep. you know, Simon Lawrence still is yeah, the yeah. freehold owner and yep. we uh, lease the business and the pub off him. Yeah, yeah. And we'll be here from five to 10 years. Yep. Do you have... Longer term plans than that ideally, or you I'd just like to be here just for ten years at least, and yep. then see what happens. See what's changing yeah, with the city and how everything's going. But I won't go changing any tact of what we're doing. I mean, my son's twelve; he has a little bit of autism. He's quite funny, actually, Brody, yeah. and he's like, "Dad, I'm going to do what you do." Yeah, yeah. And I said, "Please don't." But <laughs> I think he might, and he wants me to start training him up. He's yeah, like yeah. my personal assistant a bit, so yeah. I'd like to for him to carry on the torch. Yeah, um, I just love working with the arts, really, and creative people. I, yeah, was, yeah. I get bored very easily. Yep. Um, I teach at Hunter Tafe. Yep. Um, I've been there for ten years. I do uh, music uh, business. Yep. And I teach students there and help create some businesses. So anything to do with music, really. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm into it, and I just have that passion for it. And I love. I actually love seeing people 
come up with an idea or a bit of a dream and then seeing that come into a reality, that's yeah, what yeah. I get really excited by. Do you think there's a lack of venues that will put on sort of the untested bands yes. to give them a run? Yes. Like, you know, with places like the Hunter on Hunter and, yes. and those places gone. Even like us, we've started Wednesday night here at the Wickham Park, which is the music nursery, we call it, which is yep. you know, new music for freshies sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Is our concept with it. Um, Are you shooting a y- younger demographic? I know the Wicko Park's got something of a reputation of oh, maybe an older crowd. Blues. Yeah, and blues yeah, and blues and roots and, and, and an older I mean, crowd there. Wednesday nights just recently with Nick Connors and his lady. Yeah. Um, do you guys look after Throw Me to the Wolves as well? Yes. Is that yeah, they're a great band. I awesome booked band. them when they're I was up at Maitland and ways. have they? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. They were great, band. yeah. Um, I often think I'm just too old to really keep up with But some people think oh, I'm too old and I've had some, some younger crew come here from like the Laos yeah. or the Station Hotel. That's another good venue, the Station yeah. Hotel. It's yeah. doing a really good job with live music. Yeah. And the Northern Star Hotel. They do a nice range too. Like they've got, you know, you can go and see a black metal band, which is yeah. you know, just one dude's passion project making noise. You, know, you might not see that anywhere else. That's right, yeah. So it is hard what you're saying if you take that. And we do that a bit on the Wednesday nights, and I like to, you know, and it's surprising how much people go, wow, they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we never had that opportunity to see them. See so something we different. Like to try and encourage that. And yeah. How do you hear about new bands? Where do you keep your ear to the ground? Ear to the ground, talking to people, word of mouth, and a lot of bands contact us, contact yep. our company, and send off demos. I mean, we work with bands sometimes for two years before we do one show with them. Yeah. yeah. How much are you out with your own shows as opposed to going and seeing? Shows of personal interest to you? Is well, there much changed. time that for that? That ratio has changed, <laughs> I can assure you. It's probably around, you know, 80% of our shows that I'm at and then 20% would be me looking at other shows and yeah, other yeah. artists. Because I, I still love to just go and watch Is it hard to switch off that promoter side of your yes. brain when you go and watch a band? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My wife wants me to too. I found out doing sound. You're just going, oh, yeah. why, they, why don't they bring that up? Or yes. what's, you know, it's, just, it's, it's hard just to switch that of off. Us, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be good um, if we could. How financially viable is it for somebody to make a living as a music as a musician in Newcastle? Is there a way to do it that doesn't involve constant touring? Is there one hundred percent? Yeah, I work with a lot of different acts and um, musicians, and there's definitely ways of you know being a soloist doing you know two or three good shows a week. Yep, there's definitely the room for it in the city. Yep. and suburbs surrounding. Um, you know, we work at Shoal Bay Country Club as well. And we're doing some touring yep. bands up there, which yeah, is cool. really good and exciting. It was traditionally like a cover band venue. Now we're doing things like Thirsty Merc and yep. other touring acts up there, Fundamentals. And, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's really exciting to see uh, another great venue take on yep. some original music. Yeah, yeah. You know, and most people really enjoy it and get quite surprised by yeah. it. Yeah. Do you find does originals versus covers really matter in the end, or are you more interested in the vibe? That the people are going to have with that band like if it's a great band no matter what they play really is uh, i would have to i lean to original music yep um a lot of people think i don't like cover bands <laughs> and things, which is not true yep. i mean i love a great cover band's a great cover yeah band. there's a great time to be had a with great a great musician band, playing a great you know guitar or playing the drums well whether whatever it's still a great yeah. thing that's happening um so i respect that but they are two different things um i work with a couple of bands i represent a band called viagra that yep. are amazing live um, yeah, yeah. And I've worked with those guys and known them for a long, long time. Two piece with the drums yeah, they play the drums while they're the playing guitar and bass and, and ball. yeah, yep. they're just amazing. And yeah. I mean, they were in Rag Monster back in the day, which was a five piece heavy original band. I just loved them yep. you know, back then. And but they do both. They yeah, have yeah. their original sort of show and they also do some covers. I think you have to, as an artist, mix it up a bit to get that income coming yeah, in. Yeah. And um, it is a hard job. It's not like just yeah, turning yeah. up and collecting the money. They actually have to rehearse, have their equipment on song. You know, be professional. Be right. To, yeah, yeah. to to improve and go to the next level, I guess. Yeah, how culturally relevant do you find live music? Is just do you think it's been devalued with so much at home entertainment where you don't have to go out? Do you find yeah. there is lower attendances as a general rule? Yeah, there? I think. Um, I mean, everyone just blames technology for music 
destroying live music. I don't <laughs> think it's just that, but it does, you know, the big screens, the surround sound. Yeah, yeah. All the stuff you can tune into, people go, wow. I mean, I know myself sometimes if I've got a night off and I can stay home, I love my lounge. Yeah, yeah. Netflix and people <laughs> can get into. So um, it does. But I think, um, you know, and people then say poker machines. Well, poker machines have been around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. But poker machines and technology. I think also the price of beer. Yeah, yeah. I think the price of drinks. Yeah. And that's what most people don't like me. Are you to still say. seeing negative sides of the lockout laws as well? Like uh, that's not so much. The lockout laws didn't really, I don't think, affect live music yep. as much because most of our gigs are finished by midnight. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yep. more the DJs, I think, get hit and suffer from that. Yeah, yeah. Those next the, venues where people will go after here, which yeah. finishes up around those. And then will you watch a good live band? You've got to quickly get to somewhere, haven't you? That's right, yeah. You've got to do that out. dash to. <laughs> yeah, so it, it has affected the scene, and some people, yes, would say, oh, well, I just won't bother or I won't, won't go out if that's the case. You know, yeah, yeah. I have friends from overseas come and stay with us or come and you know visit Newcastle and they get fascinated that you can't have a shot or you can't actually buy a cocktail or you yeah. have to be into a venue by a certain time and yeah yeah you know, how much as an owner do you get restricted by just red tape cancel state federal I, mean, I remember I don't know if this was when you were involved when they had the sign out here that became an issue with cancel and wanted to get taken down and it was yeah, one of the owners Scott Lawrence a good friend of mine actually he um he had that sign up there. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote a lot of different things on that sign. Yeah. But, um, it was to promote live bands and everyone loved the sign. Yeah. And there's lots of different signs around similar. And yeah, I thought it was very sad the council attacked him the way they did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they even got the guy across the road in the car park. Yeah. He had a sign up inside the car park. Yeah. Away from all the traffic lights. Just yep. saying, you know, what cars, how much the cars were. Yeah, yeah. It's a promotional tool. Yeah. They made him not only turn it off, they took him back to court and made him remove the black sign. Yeah, yeah from the hangings, you know, <laughs> because Just it was still hanging up there, but it was turned off. So, yeah, there is a bit of that. Um, I think I'm, I'm proud to say I'm part of the Newcastle Music Task Force. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. You're sort of talking with council yeah, and... so we're talking, you know, with um, the Lord Mayor. She's a yep. lovely lady. Yep. Um, I'd like to try and get her on at some yes, point as well and sort yeah, of talk I about issues. Yeah, cool. And Tim. Yeah, she seems... Tim Crackenthorpe. He fairly started because I got a phone call and it was like, oh, Marcus, do you want to comment about the... You know, the, the noise and the, and the people complaining and the yep. building and the development because Newcastle's changing, obviously, with yeah, the yeah. street and the light rail, all the units that are popping up yep. everywhere. I think it's a good thing for Newcastle. Yeah. You, know, you see it coming out well at the other side of all the construction in town. It will it's, at the end. Yeah, I think yeah. It will at the end for everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's been traumatic <coughs> for a lot of people. It's been a hard you know, road. Yeah. Very, very harsh. Um, but I think it will improve once it's all finished. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a good thing for Newcastle once it's finished, yeah, personally. Once it's done. Yeah. But uh, anyway, just quickly on yeah, the. Yeah. Music task force. Um, I was asked, would you comment? Because no one would comment about the situation. So I will comment. I'm yep. <laughs> well known for Give me a chance. My yep. mind. Some people like me for that, some people don't. <laughs> but I'll continue. I speak my mind, and yeah, I, I spoke up about it. And that's how some media attention happened with NBN television. Yep. Um, a good friend of mine, Grant Warmsley from the Screaming Jets, got involved. And yeah, is the is the main focus of that stuff like noise laws for new con new constructions, or is it sort of wider spread than that? Well, is there? It's, a it's basically if you move into uh, a house or a unit or a space and you, you are beside an existing music venue or yep. an entertainment venue you've got to be able to or you should be prepared to cop a bit of noise it's part of the purchase some people now that you buying. can ring up one complaint and then you can close something down which I think is disgusting yeah yeah um, and all those people get affected by it yep. not just the musicians the punters also yeah, yeah. yeah punters miss out and punters don't like missing out and does this noise. come from a local government level these yes. restrictions it's all yes. imposed at that local level yep. Yep. so the council but um, Newcastle City Council are, are talking with us they're on board yep. with us um, you know and Tim Crackenthorpe's doing a good job and, and pushing forward so at least we've got council local and federal government uh, talking about this situation. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to get six units built across my back fence. Yep. 
um, I think it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I hope they come and I hope they like live music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I live <laughs> in Carrington near Carrington Bowling Club, and we hear live yep. music all the time. But we never complain because it's we live in a in a city near yeah. live music. So that's right. Yeah. Otherwise, you can go and live in the suburbs. You don't have to go and live on a farm like some suggest. <laughs> you can actually live in a street that's not near a pub. Yeah, or yeah. A venue, you yeah. Know, and there's lots of them. <laughs> Um, how much do you think has changed in terms of there doesn't seem to be venues that just have that inbuilt audience anymore sort of looking for music is that, I mean I know that there's an element of that again here and, and the stag and places like that but in general does there seem to be yeah people aren't just going out I mean Andrew my business partner and I worked at the Bar on the Hill and Andrew specifically for 20 years booking the Bar on the Hill there was people just go there every Thursday night to the yeah. Bar on the Hill because they didn't they knew something good. There'd be, be something on, cool, yeah. Whether it be Body Jar, whether yep. it be Friends or Rom, whether it be Grinspoon, Powderfinger, Helmet. You know, there's always these great bands playing there. Yeah. Um, and there was that culture. Now it's changed. People are very specific. The, the music has to entice them to go there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a, a good example of that would be my friend Brian Lazotte. Yep. Uh, has his theatre Lazotte's. Yeah, yeah. And people go and pay money. Yep. That some people said they wouldn't to go and watch quality music yep. in a nice environment and have beautiful food and a nice drink. Yeah. So, it's you know, people are more... It's got yep. to be a good act or you can, <laughs> you can fall quite short. Yeah. Um, do you find the, um, I guess, the social changes now, uh, do you find more young women getting involved in the music industry in any yes. capacity? Yeah, do you see that changing at that grassroots level that yes, it really definitely. needs to, to... I think it's great. I mean, I've always... Personally, I've always liked a female bass player. To me, it's just yeah, so yeah. cool. It's just like a groovy <laughs> thing. I'm not being sexist or rude yeah, yeah. in any way, but I just think yeah. it's a groovy, cool thing. And it probably yeah. happened with Steph at something for Kate when I was a young yeah, girl. Yeah. And we did some White shows. White Zombie there. and uh, yeah. Hull. And yeah. There's like a couple of them there. And um, there's the big argument at the moment, how many women are in the music industry or how many are in the festival lineup. Yeah, all yeah. That. It's a bit, you know. Yeah. I take that on board a little bit, but it's like there's a lot more men in the music industry than women, so that's why that happens. Yeah, yeah. Women. It's not a being sexist or, or anything like this. Yeah, how, I mean, how much of it's an orchestra? Uh, surely there's not a group of men who are sitting back, you know, stroking their fingers together and saying, well, let's be exclusive about this. It's. But I think there's a lot more popping up now. Yeah. Into bands and also in the business. I mean, yeah, some yeah. of the, the best business people I've worked with in this country and overseas um, would be females. Yeah, yeah. My office, I have three females working in my office. Yeah. So I'm like... You know, guys find them more organised. They're more organised yeah, than yeah. me and definitely more organised than my <laughs> business partners. So we like that. And I don't actually consider are you a male or a female. Yeah, I just work with people and, and work with people that I think are good. merits, yeah. That's what we do. Yeah, cool. How long do you think you'll continue pursuing booking bands? Are you just going to do it until you physically can't get out there amongst it anymore? Or? Yeah, I'll continue. I have no plans at all, nor yeah, does yeah. Andrew or our company, we, we will continue. I'd say I'll keep doing it until, you know. I mean, I've booked gigs from a hospital bed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a mini-stroke when I was 26. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'll continue to do it, even when I'm a very old man, which isn't far away, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will still book and help musicians yeah, yeah. get gigs and, and also not just get gigs, but I like, um, you know, organising film clips and merchandise and branding and logos. Yeah, and yeah. That's, you know, because I'm the person I am I don't like doing just one thing all the yeah, time yeah. I couldn't be just a booking agent booking shows all day yeah, yeah. Day. I have to do lots of things to if there's me a big bunch of young fellas out there in a band what's sort of the best advice you can give them in terms of being a successful active band um, work hard uh, rehearse make yep. sure you you know you've got your shit together yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, tight, a tight band is a very good band yep. and not only that but I think the biggest one of the big things that's missing from a lot of bands would be you've got to get people to the gig yeah yeah and, you know, yep. you need to get bums on seats, the old saying. I hate yeah. it. 
Uh, but if you don't get a crowd, I've worked with a lot of really great bands yep. that don't get a crowd, who don't get much of a go. And yeah, that yeah. saddens me. Then I work with a band that's very ordinary, right? But yep. people love them. People, <laughs> <laughs> people flock to them. Yep. And they seem to get this big, you know, they're very successful as opposed to the other act that yeah, is yeah. actually more talented. I talked to um, Tim from Schlauncher, Tim Clark. He's in Porn Logic and Schlauncher. And he said a lot of it's that physical, you know, you going to gigs yourself as well and saying, hey, how you going? I'm in a band too and being that guy who's out. Every weekend, and sort of the older you get, and the more family reliant you get, oh, you know, just that's right. Yeah, it really yeah, is a young man's game, isn't working. it? And I think Newcastle actually that would be one of our weaknesses yeah, compared yeah. to Brisbane, Melbourne, Perth, and not so much Adelaide, but those three, they all work together and team up a bit. Whereas we seem to um, separate, and I don't know what the words are to describe it, but we should all work more together as a team yeah, yeah. and be more united as Newcastle Music and, yep. and support each other more and that would see the industry and the scene grow yeah. and it would see a stronger future and it would also help help artists play because you know nobody wants to play to an empty room yeah, yeah. their girlfriend, <laughs> sound guy. I think I've, it's under, I've done that. I think it's undervalued too, the economic flow on from having an active scene of people out spending money and you know there's such a, a value in that yes that like local scene before, it's like it's not just the the, the, the musician playing you know it's yeah, the it's sound person it's the lighting person it's the um yeah it's the punters that actually have that social interaction and, right, go out yeah. and run into their mates and hmm. you know i'm a big uh, advocate for mental health and i've done lots of events and shows for uh, lifeline yep and um i lost a good friend toby smith yep to suicide and i uh I do some work to help that. And I did a concert last year with Nariki called Loud Love. And yeah, I was there at the Cane Bay, yeah. Just, you know, yeah. A bit emotional, but... Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it hits, man, it does. It's, yeah. Did you, you see that more prevalent? Because you work with so many creative people. It's such a intrinsically linked sort of... We have a lot in our industry. I've been to a lot of uh, rehabilitation facilities. I've been to a lot of funerals. I've been to, you know, a lot of bad situations, yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah, um, do you think some of that goes back to, again, rock being so tied to pubs and drinking culture? And well, it, it is, but also the culture's changed a lot. Now I'm meeting a lot of bands and younger bands that want to be fit and want to get up and go for a surf or yeah, go yeah. for a run or go to the gym. And, you know, so that rock animal image is, is shaking off? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. If you've got a 30-day tour and yeah. you go get smashed up the first couple <laughs> of tours, mate, you're going to have a horrible time the next month, you know, yeah, I mean? yeah. whereas people actually like it. And they're also smart enough, I think, now to realise, I want to have some money at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. Because I've worked with a lot of bands that are quite famous and big yeah. and they earn big money, but at the end of the month or the end of the year, they're, they're actually all broke or they don't have any money. And yeah, yeah. So it's about that planning and that knowledge. And I think there's a lot more information's come into the music industry. Yeah. And that, that image of the, you know, drugs, sex, rock and roll, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. But it's, um, it's not as strong as it's diminishing. It and it's not yeah. as cool. People, a lot of people are aware that it's not as cool as yeah, yeah. yeah, much you more know, fatalistic. You damage, brain, you damage your brain, it's just a... Yeah. <laughs> Makes more sense to look after yourself. Yeah, yeah, and do the best out of it, you know. Yeah, make more music. Too easy. I think that's it, man. No we'll wrap it up there. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Thanks, Marcus. Cheers. Nice